Good day, everyone. Uh, thank you for being my listener today on my podcast. It is a leap year today. It is actually February 29, 2024. And uh, thank you for being my audience on my podcast, which is entitled Life, Musings, Reflections, and Stories. And if you would like to uh, sponsor me, that would be great, or contribute to uh uh, buy me a cup of coffee. There's, I, I have a link with a lot of my posts, and uh, I would really appreciate that. So today, I am doing this uh, uh, podcast with a, a guest that I really don't know a lot about. So this is going to be very interesting, but I was recommended to, to contact Michael Brovac. And um, hi, Michael, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, Joanne. How are you? Thank you. For having me. Oh, good. Thank you for being my guest. And uh, one of your friends reached out to me to interview you on my podcast. And I did a, a little bit of research on you. And, and uh, but I, I really don't have a good handle on what it is you do 100%. And okay. I, I really don't know your story. So let's start at the very beginning. And thanks again for, for being my guest. And uh, let's have the audience get to know you a little bit better. So right. how are you? And what is your story? Let's start start from the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up? And where are you from? Uh, I see Hamilton on your Facebook. Yes. So. Yes. so actually, I am from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, which is about an hour away from Toronto on a good day, depending on traffic. Okay. Um, And so I was originally born in Hamilton, and I am 23 years old. Um, Most of my life was not normal. Okay. Um, A lot of my life, I, the way I explain it is I lived like COVID was before COVID was even a thing. Um. And the reason why I lived that way was because when I was first born, I was actually diagnosed to a rare disease called IPEX syndrome. And my brother and I were actually two out of 50 cases worldwide when this disease um, was diagnosed. And um, how do you spell that? What I've so never heard about. Uh, it's called IPEX. I-T-E-S. IPEX. Oh, IPES syndrome. Um, yes. Okay. So, so basically what it is is your immune system is deficient. And so basically what happened was my brother and I had to endure things like arthritis, kidney disease, liver disease, brain tumors. Um, we were on 30 medications day and night at one point because oh our immune system had no memory of any infection or issue or diagnosis that ever came up so instead of a normal immune system being able to fight or recognize um an infection like with antibodies and such our body had no defense so unfortunately what would happen is our body would replicate these symptoms and the symptoms would just get worse and worse and worse and worse and then that would lead to other problems and so sadly my little brother passed away at um, 10 years old. I'm so and sorry so, to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, I really I really appreciate the uh, condolences, Joanne. Yeah, that's so um, sad. And so, yeah, when he, when he passed away, it basically put me in a position where I had no idea on what to do with my life anymore because 
my brother and I were kind of like teammates. And so me and him always had each other to rely on. We always had each other to help each other out through, you know, hospital visits and, you know, all the things that we would go through. And then when he passed, I basically had no one. So it made me question a lot of my life. And I was never normal and I was never really able to have a normal life like going to school or going to events or going to parties or, you know, being able to even learn. I had an education of a grade two when I was in, you know, grade 12. Oh my goodness. Because it it was a lot. And it led me to a road where I actually ended up being on my own deathbed when I was about 20 years old. Oh, and, gee. and what it basically caused me to do was I had to make a decision to either resemble what my brother went through mm-hmm. and go down that path or change. And I'm very, very thankful that I chose to change. And the only reason why I chose to change was because I was blessed and fortunate enough to have a mentor come into my life and help me recognize that I had potential and I had some sort of purpose or reason for living where all my life up until I was about 19, 20 years old, I believed I had no purpose. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry that you you really had a, a rough go of it with your health as a child and all the way through, uh, how were your parents dealing with all of this? Having... That's a great question. Yeah, my, my parents have been um, extremely resilient. Um, the way I explain it is they, they were so used to having two children who were medically fragile, so that was their life. So, you yeah. know, my dad worked, my mom was a dental hygienist, my dad was a general manager when it came to uh, transportation with busing in Hamilton. Okay. And so they both were very busy, but it came to a point where our health was so bad and our, our lifestyle was so deficit that um, my mom had to step down from dental hygiene and my dad eventually was able to get an early retirement so that he could be with his children. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was shortly after my brother passed away. And so the way I explain it is my, my parents have had to really overcome a lot of triumph of realizing that they also have a life outside of caring for their children now right and um so for myself you know i'm i'm now you know we'll get into the story of where i am now and what i've done and what i'm becoming and blah 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 but to keep it very short so we can leap that off into the next section is uh i'm doing really good good for you yeah and thank you and so my, my parents have had the opportunity now to finally, you know, figure out what they want to do. And so it's been beautiful because they're able to now realize and see that, okay, maybe we can go on this trip that we've always wanted to do. Yeah. Or maybe we can go here or maybe we can do this or maybe we can, you know, see these people. Whereas when we were younger, you know, my, my parents and I, like, we, we spent countless Christmases in the hospital. We spent countless uh, birthdays countless holidays you know a lot of times people would talk about hey we're going to mexico or florida or whatever we couldn't even travel outside of canada because the likelihood of me and my brother getting sick and then if we got sick we would have no coverage so we would be screwed because we wouldn't have anyone to know um to help us out and the severity and the rarity of what me and brother my brother had and the issues we were going through 
uh, it wasn't an easy fix. So mm-hmm. our life was very isolated. And so now my parents, um, as well as myself, have been able to really indulge in, and, and learn how to actually live without having these barriers. Yeah, and would you mind if I asked how old you mm-hmm. are now, please? Mm-hmm. So I'm 23 now. 23 now. And how yeah. is your health now? So it's actually crazy because, um, so I, the way I like to tell it is, so I went from being on 30 medications day and night to now I'm on zero. Oh my um, gosh. I used to have arthritis in every single joint of my body. I don't have arthritis anymore. Um, I was told that I would need a kidney transplant, a liver transplant, and a lung transplant by the time I was 20. Okay. And I haven't needed a single one, and I'm 23. Um, wow. And so I've also grown from the time of being sick. So I used to be about 4 foot 10. Okay. And now I'm about 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, okay. And the doctor said that I would never grow past 4 foot 10 because with my rarity of my... Um, disease in my immune system and then my organ health um my growth was tremendously stunted all through my youth as, as well as my little brother and so that was a huge win and then uh as far as like overall health goes yes the way i explain it is my body is still not 100 percent, if that makes sense okay and so what i have to do is my responsibility is I have to be extremely accountable for what things I do on a day-to-day basis that are either going to promote my immune system or create a deficit to my immune system. And so the difference is all my youth and all my life before this, I never understood how to monitor my immune system properly. I never understood health. I never understood, um, you know, healthy diet, movement, Um, nutrition, sleep, uh, you know, all these things that I was introduced to through my mentor and then now being um, a life coach and a trainer and and also a basketball coach. um, Those are things that all I have to know, not only for myself, but for my clients Mm -hmm. um, and the people I help. And so my body realistically is 23 years old, but my immune system, the way I explain it is like in its, you know, late 60s, late 70s, because of the fact that it's had so much damage done to it and the amount of radiation and the amount of drugs the amount of stress that has been done to my system over 20 years has really created a dent so i just have to be extremely careful on what things i do and don't do so how did you turn your life around and maybe we could talk about your mentor as well but so you went from being very sickly and unfortunately your younger brother who is now gone but uh uh, sadly, um, yes. how did you turn your life around and what happened to the point where now you don't need, uh, a lung transplant and a liver, uh, where yeah, you said kidney question. And the way I explain that is this is, this is what I'm going to say. So a lot of my life, I believed that all my destiny was and all I equaled as a human being was being sick. I was taught to be sick. I was told I was sick. I was shown I was sick. And I felt I was sick. And I had no other different example other than the, you know, the doctors who would come in and out or the nurses that would come in and out or my parents or, or, you know, my brother or anyone. And all of us were in the same circumstance. So I had no examples 
to really showcase and say, you know what, Mike, maybe you can be something more. You okay. Know? And what happened was, I believe personally that the only change you can actually make starts from the birth within your brain. And mm -hmm. once you can believe and have a sense of want within your mind of what you want to uh, achieve, mm -hmm. you can't you can't set out to do it physically. And so all of my life being told that I was sick, being told I was weak, being told that I couldn't do things, right. I believed it. Okay. And when I met my mentor, my mentor met me at a time where I was literally on my deathbed. And mm -hmm. so I had no other option. It was either I was going to die or I was going to listen to one thing he said to me. And the thing that he say, said to me that forever changed my life was before he even told me his name, where he was from, why he was there, he, he just asked me briefly. He was like, you know, Mike, do you want to live? And okay. no one had ever really asked me that. Oh. And I started, I started bawling my eyes out because I was like, no, I don't. And he started asking me more questions. He's like, well, well, why, why don't you want to live? And I, I just went off on this list of, you know, all these things that I was feeling and these, these, these circumstances that I felt trapped in. And he's like, well, don't you think that maybe you could have something more? And when he was able to enforce and continually tell me that I was more than a kid in a hospital bed and I was more than my hospital room and I was more than my sickness, there was something within me that just let go of feeling always deprived or victimized to my to my disease. Okay. And the thing that I have always wanted to do but I never could do yes. was I wanted to play basketball. Oh. And and so when I was growing up, playing basketball was something I could never do because I had arthritis and I was barely at school and blah blah blah. So he said to me, Well, why don't you why don't you try and play basketball? And I was like, well, because I got this and I got that and I can't do this. And he's like, no, nah, screw all that. He's like, <laughs> we're going to work and we're going to play basketball. And it turned out that after that, I found out that this guy had trained NBA players. He trained NHL players. He's been um, in the UK. He's been around the world on Olympic teams. And he was the greatest person I could ever ask for to help me achieve my goal of playing basketball and so that's, that's what we set out to do and that's what we work towards and so all of my stepping stones was all dedicated to the goal and purpose of i'm going to play basketball one day that's amazing now let's find out who this mentor is <laughs> and how did he come across you or you come across him and yeah and that's a great end question. up you know at your almost bedside when you felt like you wanted to die yes so his name is Christian, um, and he's very, very quiet about, you know, his whole, like, what he does and everything, because he's actually changed a lot from what he does. Okay. He's actually now a movie producer, he's a book writer, he's an artist, he has his own songs, he's a very, 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 very talented individual. And so, the way I met Christian mm -hmm. was when we first we're going through this sickness and after my brother passed away the doctors had approached me and they said that you know your only hope really would be to go through what's called a bone marrow transplant okay and 
And so for people who don't know what that is, is a bone marrow transplant is basically they take your stem cells, which is your immune system, and they basically find a donor and they try and inject you with the donor cells with hopes that your body will accept it. Now the risky part is 90% of the time because your body is trying to accept foreign cells, your body's not going to accept it unless it's a very high match. Okay. It's very, very hard to find a good match considering every individual uh, immune system is so different, right? Right. Um, and so when the doctors approached me, they said to me, Michael, like, we recommend that you go through this bone marrow transplant. Okay. And so and how the old, transplant... How old, sorry, sorry, how old were you at that time, Michael? So I was, I was turning, I was, my brother just passed away, so I was turning 17 years old. Okay. Um, and I ended up having the bone marrow when I was 18 years old. Okay. So Whoa. the way that that kind of all correlated to meeting Christian was this procedure was going to cost a lot of money. And so we needed a lot of help financially and emotionally. And so my aunt created a GoFundMe page. Right. And so she wrote a very well done page where it explained my brother's past, my past, our stories, why we're going through this procedure, what's the outcome of it, um, you know, what, what are we going to need to get through, blah, blah, blah. And so her best friend, who I like to call my aunt as well, Betty, yeah. was getting trained by Christian. And so Betty showed Christian my GoFundMe. And when Christian saw my GoFundMe, all they asked was that he would maybe reach out to me. Okay. And so he took that request and he blew it out of the water and he ended up showing up at my door interviewing me, putting me on his TV show on, on YouTube called Fox and City. Okay. And then he brought me to the Toronto Raptors game courtside, had wow. my best friend now, Jordan Kilgannon, who's a professional dunker from Sudbury, mm -hmm. um, dunk over me at the halftime show. And then he would keep coming back to see me and motivate and encourage me to get on my path of what he saw that I could become. And so that's kind of how I, I was able to meet Christian. That's amazing, and it's uh, it's interesting how there's like these invisible connections to people, and then they reach out to someone else that could help yeah. you, and it just uh, it's so inspiring to hear. Now, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks. Well, thank you for sharing. Of um, okay, now I, I I wanted to ask about Christian. Now, so is he from Canada? So he's from he's from Sudbury, actually. Okay. So and, he was born and raised in Sudbury. Okay. And does he work at a specific location so, or have so an he, organization, a charitable organization? No. Or? So he, he's been his own thing. That's what I'm saying. He's his own. Like when he was doing, like he doesn't do, he doesn't do coaching and training anymore. Okay. Um, but when he met me, he was his own boss. Like he had his own individual business. Um as a trainer coach, we would see very specific clients. Okay. Um, and then throughout his youth and past, like he worked with, uh, you know, very high level organizations, NHL teams, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's kind of how he got to the point of where he was. But he also has a very um, special story, okay. um, which has brought him into the light that he is today. And that's how 
me and him have connected so well. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's 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 been crazy actually to think about everything full circle. Yes, um, um, and getting back to the bone marrow, wouldn't yes. uh, we live in Canada? <clears throat> yes. Wouldn't OHIP cover that? So the reason why OHIP is was, the Ontario Health Insurance Plan yeah, so for my American and worldwide audience. A hundred percent. So. So that's a great question. So the reason why it was more rare for me mm-hmm. um, is, yes, typically when it comes to treatments, um, OHIP or any insurance plan that you have when it comes to uh, medically um, helps out tremendously with your coverage. Okay. The thing that was different for me was you have to take into consideration when it came to the um, severity of what the procedure was for not only myself, but what the syndrome I already had. Okay. So, so really, they were treating me like I had cancer, but I didn't have cancer. Does that make sense? Yep, it, it so, does, actually. So, therefore, they had to treat me under the umbrella of a bone marrow transplant recipient. Uh, recipient. Um, but, like, realistically, I was in the category of an unknown patient. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I've never and, heard of that before, but okay. Yes. I'm learning. And then, to be honest, um, I ended up having cancer anyway. So. Oh my goodness. It, uh, yeah, like I, there was a complication within the transplant itself where um, I had a lymphoma grow on my neck, and oh. so um, that was very scary because I, I actually went delirious for two weeks. Oh um, my gosh. It, tra- it, it it transferred from my my neck to my blood. And then there was a medication uh, mess up through the doctors where um, the drug interaction created even more a bigger problem with that. Um, and so the other thing as well is why we needed so much help financially is a lot of people don't understand this. Um, but until you're in the hospital system yourself for a long period of time, it costs so much money for the littlest things. Yes. So... An example would be parking. Um, yeah. Parking uh, probably over a week would cost anywhere from $150 to $200. Yes. Um, then you want to co- talk about Wi-Fi. Uh, sadly, a lot of hospitals do not have free Wi-Fi. Okay. And for kids, that's very hard because technology, you need Wi-Fi in order to do what you want to do on a laptop or a computer or an Xbox. Um, another thing is... You are so tired and so deprived of energy as a family that you don't have much resource when it comes to cooking. And mm-hmm. so the only thing you have for resource for food is the food court. Okay. And the food court is just like any food court. It's expensive. Yes. And so you need to have money to be able to pay for even just food, um, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and then on top of that, if you don't have a sufficient amount of support coming from your family to you know be able to bring food or bring uh, meals um you're just you know you're you're ordering all the time you're 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 getting tim hortons you're getting subway you're getting whatever's near and especially for us like we (laughs) i always joke sick kids toronto is a is a dope spot to be because you're in toronto so you got a lot of options Mm -hmm. for you know food and stuff but if you're in, you know, even in Sudbury, like if you're in the Sudbury Hospital here, yes, um, there's there is food around, but there's not much, you know. No. Um, 
So there's there's just so many different, and then you know you you can't have, you know, especially with the COVID restrictions. I don't know how it is now, but when we were there, uh, there was there was times where I was so immunocompromised and I was in literally a bubble that uh, my family, like my parents, both of them couldn't stay with me. So then one of them had to get a hotel. Oh, okay. So then you have to pay for a hotel. Yes. Or the other option is you sleep in the hallway. So it's it's a lot of things people don't understand that cost so much, not only money, but just effort and energy and, and, and you know, life force, you could say. Yeah. Um, that unfortunately you have to endure within the lifestyle of, of, of being in a hospital. Yes. I stayed at Sick Kids in 1972. I had uh, scoliosis surgery. Mm. <clears throat> My father worked for Ontario Hydro, and we lived in Abitibi Canyon, which is 100 miles south of Moosonee. So for my dad to bring me to Sick Kids in Toronto, it was a 900-mile drive. And wow. So, you know, we never talked about the... Um, I don't even really remember where he stayed. I think it was with my Aunt Florange. Okay. Um, but I don't really know. Both my parents are past now. But, sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, we never, we never really talked about where you staying or where he stayed or whatever. And I, I only saw my family twice over six months because from sick kids, I was there for a month. And then the duration of five more months was back then it was called the Ontario Crippled Children's Center. And that's where I, I achieved my grade 10. At the time, all of us would be rolled in on our stretchers to the classroom. (laughs) But, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, so, and you know, when you're 15 as a teenager, I didn't really think like, okay, well, were you eating and all of that? I just assumed, I think they were just staying at a relatives in Toronto. But uh, I'm glad you itemized all the costs. And- yeah, no, and, and the one thing I want to make clear too is, is unfortunately, like, so this is the other thing I always talk about is like, nurses and doctors can only do so much for you too right yeah and and the the thing that i i have a lot of love and respect for everyone in the medical system um for the most part but when it comes to nurses mm-hmm. nurses are people who i love and respect tremendously because what most people don't understand is as a family when you're in a hospital you know you have your family but then your other family is the medical staff. And, I, I agree. And so, I and agree. So the nurse, yeah, and so the nurses, you know, they're there with you at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning yeah. on a Saturday night yeah. when, you know, you're, you're struggling to fall asleep and they'll come in and they'll try and help you fall asleep. Yes. You know? And, and the same goes for even sometimes the, the cleaning people. You yeah. know, even the cleaning people you develop rapport with over time and, and, you know, the doctors do a great job where they'll come in and, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do what they have to do. But some of them, I'm not going to say all of them because it all depends on each individual. Um, I've had great experiences where doctors have even gone out of their way and they'll call off hours and they'll say, hey, how are you guys doing? You know? That's that's amazing. Um, that reminds me of, of, of being, again, at Sick Kids for me. There was a wonderful nurse from Thailand and I, I only saw my family twice over six months. 
<clears throat> and I remember her so vividly, her face. She was the wow. kindest person, like an angel for me. And during wow. that time at Sick Kids, and then at in the Ontario Crippled Children's Children's Center, I had a wonderful teacher for a grade 10 class. So there was always someone who are just beautiful people that go out of their way to kind exactly. of help you when you're just a kid going yes. through the worst times of your life. And so oh, 100%. I agree with you on that. Like we, It's good that you bring that up as well to be really grateful yeah. for the kindness that people extend to you when you're a kid in the hospital, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always I always like to talk about all of it because there's a lot, you know, like news and media and, and, and you know, just general society can can paint a perception that isn't always realistic. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's fair when you're painting a, a, an unrealistic perception to people to then believe that's how it is when you go into that circumstance. That's you know? right. Um, and that's on all ends. That's as uh, a general bystander, and that's also, I'll be very honest, um, some medical professionals, mm-hmm. um, some big organizations, um, you know, and it's, it's sad because you got all these people who, you know, love to raise awareness to an example would be the mental health crisis of uh, yes. kids mm-hmm. um, who are struggling with depression, but yet we don't talk about the kids who have been struggling with depression and isolated and alone in a hospital room before COVID even happened. Exactly. Um, And and that's, that's where for myself, that's where I find my purpose is so strong because, you know, um, outside looking in now, you wouldn't know anything about my story or anything of where I came from. And then I have the greatest leverage to speak about these kinds of things and not only speak about it, but lead as it and be an example for it. Yes, right. Yeah. Sorry, my phone is ringing. Just one second, please. I'm so sorry. One sec, please. I'm sorry about that. It was our, (laughs) we have our vehicle in for repairs and we thought for sure they were going to be calling my husband on his cell phone, but they called our house phone, which I didn't even expect that they would call here, but I am sorry about that. So let's carry on. So I'm, I'm glad that you are really like you say raising awareness to the the kind and gentle people the angels in our in people's lives kids lives when they're hospitalized and i'm glad you mentioned besides the nurses the doctors the cleaning staff uh and yes. and then again you you itemize the cost people uh so often and even myself i think why would they need a gofundme you know but mm-hmm. i i didn't even think about when i was young that who paid for my dad's gas to drive me exactly. you know, to from, you know, Mon- Abitibi Canyon, which is north of Smooth Rock Falls, all right. the way to Toronto. I know war amps covered um, my brace, my right. back braces that I needed, but right. uh, and I still donate to them to this day, uh, you know, to help cover someone else's brace or prosthetics or, or what. You know whatever they might need, so I still donate to Warhams, and I I think that's a good cause. But I'm glad that you brought that up. So now, Michael, you've had this bone marrow transplant, and then you had cancer in your neck area. How yeah. did you get through that without becoming severely depressed? Even well, <laughs> to be honest with you, 
I was already severely depressed. Well, I so, was going to mention how did you manage to go through even the first yeah. 20 years of your life without just wanting to just give it up? My brother, my brother, because when my brother was here and we were both struggling and we both, you know, couldn't go to school, we both had all these issues, um, we had each other. And so our brotherhood and our friendship was like no other. Okay. And when he passed away, that's what really tipped everything to the opposite end because I no longer had anyone. Yeah. Um, and so the way that I, I explained that I, I got through that trial was I got through it to the point of where I was able to first meet Christian. Okay. And I didn't even get through it. I just pushed myself deeper in the hole. And then eventually, and I give it up to, you know, God or faith or whatever you want to say, um, that I was able to have someone guide me and pull out. Yeah. Um, the way that I would say, though, on a logically and like a logistically or like a strategically way that I got through was I chose to change, which then I took actions to change. So and you made so, the choice to change, yes, to get out of that. Way, yeah. Boom. And the way I made the change was through believing that I had the potential to even change in the first place. Okay. Whereas my brother and myself for years had no one ever tell us the potential to change. We were always told and shown and, you know, guided towards the direction that this is going to be our life until we die. And so therefore, wow. why would we expect anything more? Why would we want anything? Why would we try anything? And yeah. that went as deep as into school. Like I, like I said earlier, I had a grade two education when I was in grade 12. Yeah. You know, my brother had a great uh, JK education when he was in grade four, you know? And that's just because we didn't care to apply ourselves because our mentalities were as well. If we're alive, that's a win. Yeah. So therefore, we're going to die soon anyway. So why are we going to try and put pressure on ourselves to do things that might be challenging when we just want to enjoy our existence to the extent that we can We are when we already um, when we already don't like it. Yeah. And, and so it just continued to ripple on that. And then when I was able to understand that I have potential to play basketball and I was able to understand that, you know, from then being able to play basketball, I was able to have the potential to become a trainer and a coach. Then from being a trainer and a coach to a speaker, then, you know, a speaker to now uh, working with the Subway Five. And then from the Subway Five now to, you know, opening my my own website with Michael Brogoff speaking and being able to travel Canada wide and, and do talks like it just all continued to spiral, but it all came from the root of understanding that I was more than a hospital. I am so proud of you, Michael. You, you have blown me away. Just well, with, a lot. oh my gosh, you're so inspiring and you're, you're such a young person and, and to Thank be you. so ahead of, of uh, what life has thrown your way. It's just, it's, I'm just, so amazed and inspired. Oh, um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really, I don't really know you, but I'm so yeah. proud of you. Um, let's <laughs> talk about the two items you mentioned. Well, first of all, uh, 
God bless you for for being blessed with such a mentor as you have been with Christian. Yes. That's number one. Number two, uh, in that you are a survivor and you didn't give up. That's number two for sure. And then number three and four for me, now you're working for a basketball team in in the greater Sudbury, Ontario area, Sudbury 5. And then also finally number four is you're a CEO of your own company. So let's talk. <laughs> let's let's. <laughs> wow, holy gee. Um, yeah. So let's talk about you working for a basketball team. I mean, you just were hit a kid struggling in life to survive, to live, yes. and dealt blow after blow with the mindset that you're going to possibly pass away anyway and then you changed that attitude and you decided no I'm not going to let that identify me as I'm going to be sick the rest of my life you just changed that around pulled yourself out of that and wanted to play basketball and now you're working for a basketball team so how the heck did that happen That's a great question. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for all of that. I really, really appreciate what you said. That means a lot to me. Um, I, You're uh, welcome. No, it, it's uh, it's very interesting because the thing, I always say this, the thing that's forever changed my life um, was basketball. And then now the thing that I do every day is basketball. Um <laughs> Isn't that amazing? (laughs) It is amazing. It's crazy. And so, like, for myself growing up, like, I've always loved basketball. I always loved what basketball entailed, like, when it came to the shoes, the the jerseys, the the music, the style, like, everything about it. I just always wanted to be in it, but I never could. And and so the way I got involved with the Subbury Five was Logan Stutz, who's the head coach and general manager, he is one of the most admirable and just amazing and like just such a nice human being um, that I had the privilege of meeting about five years ago at a time in my life where I didn't believe I was going to be anything. And he just by chance stumbled upon me at an event and heard me speak and came up to me and gave me a hat. And what he did was in the hat, he wrote a Bible verse. And the Bible verse was Proverbs seventeen seventeen, And I, I really want to get it right. Okay. So I'm going to try and look it up right now. Okay. Um, so that's Proverb, the, Proverb 17, verses, yeah. verse 17. Yes, Proverbs okay. 17, 17. To my understanding, what it meant was, uh, let me see. It meant brother to brother so what it what when i when i last looked it up it was friends are there in times of need brothers are there at, at all times and that's oh, what he wrote in his I love, I love and, then he, that. and then he wrote and then he wrote love you man and that was the first time i ever met him and so this is the craziest thing <laughs> so the way i met him there was christian my mentor would run an event every year called Five Cent City. I have heard so, of that. Okay, so Five Cent City was run by my mentor, and Five Cent City is the event and the reason why I left the hospital for the first time once I came out of the bone marrow. Because okay. 
at the event, there was a 3v3 basketball tournament, slam dunk competition, shooting competition, uh, sneaker competition, like all this stuff that I love. So Christian was like motivated me to try and get to this event because he knew that would be the thing I needed to motivate me to continue to live. And so I actually was able to make it out. And so I went to this event and it was my first year and Christian had me speak for the first time ever in front of the whole audience. So this and was that I couldn't this was sorry, at, go ahead. this was at Five Cent City. City. Which, what is that? Is is it a, 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 a group yeah, so for I, youth to inspire or? So Five Cent City is an event built to connect through community. Okay. And so what it what it does is its purpose is to basically create a day um, a day in events where it's free for the whole community to come and you've got a bunch of leaders of inspiration and, and, and people of icon and people of some sort of status within the city who represent and put on for the the whole city. So an example would be we had a bunch of hip hop artists locally do a whole hip hop show. Wow. Then we had my best friend Jordan Kilgannon, who is the best dunker in the world. He did a dunk show. Then we had my other best friend, Chase Kilgannon, who's a crazy music producer, produced a whole mix of tracks for a whole hour at the event. Wow. Then you had someone like me, who's a very good speaker, so I would do a speech. Um, and you are, you, you are a good speaker. You're an amazing well, thank speaker. You. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. I work hard on it. So, um but no, so you have this event where it's just dedicated to helping the community. And so Christian would pull all these individuals that he knew um, to make this day happen. And so the day that I met Logan was the first year I ever met to the, I, I ever went to this event. And so I was speaking and I was still on 30 medications day and night. I had just left the hospital. So I'd just be coming off chemotherapy. I could barely hold my head up. Um, and I spoke, and Christian and Jordan had to be right beside me. And so after I spoke, I was under my little tent. And so Logan came up to me, and he gave me this hat. And in the hat, he wrote the Bible verse, and he said, love you, man. And he said, we're going to be in touch. I didn't see Logan for another, like, four years after that. Oh, my always goodness. wondered where he went, and we, we never got to, like, keep in contact. But Logan always was in my heart as someone that I looked up to and someone who I really admired. And so I then, five years later, I get an opportunity to do two internships here in Sudbury at Jordan uh, Jordan's dad's gym. So Killer, who's another local Siberian okay. legend. His name's Killer, but his real name's Rick Kilgannon. Okay. So Killer is <laughs> Killer is the trainer for the Sudbury Wolves. Oh, and so, cool. And so Killer... Sudbury Wolves offered, is a hockey team, just for our audience yes, that doesn't know. Good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Um, so Killer is the owner of a gym in Sudbury. And so when I was learning to become a trainer and I just got my certifications and then I became a life coach, Christian was like, Mike you need to learn hands-on. He's like, why don't you reach out to Rick and why don't you reach out to Zach, who are both people who have 10 plus years in the fitness industry and are at the highest level of trainers that you can ask for. Okay. So I reached out to them and so be happy. They're like, Mikey, we would love to have you. So I actually moved up here because of them. And oh. So I did a three month internship at both of the gyms and this is where it gets crazy. <laughs> 
Okay. My best friend, Glenn, Glennie G, for all the audience. Okay. He's also a podcaster. Oh. He has a podcast called Life After High School. Oh, cool. He is one of the most disciplined, dedicated, and just humorous guys I know. Um, he offered, hey, Mike, you can stay in my garage for the time <laughs> being until you find a place here in Sudbury. So what did I do? I stayed in a garage. <laughs> so I lived, <laughs> I lived in a garage for about a month um, in Sudbury when I first moved up here. And so during the time I was living with Glenn. I hope it Glenn was warm. Night, I hope it was the summer. <laughs> it was, it was, you know what? It was warm at the beginning. And then as it got into November, oh, it started getting cold. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it's okay. It's another story for me to tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, um, but, uh, but no, so as I was living with Glenn, um, Glenn one night was like, hey, man, uh, I don't know if you want to come with me and Jillian. Jillian's his girlfriend. He's like, we're going to go to the Laurentian basketball game. I'm like, yeah, I would love that. And Laurentian, so for our audience, Laurentian uh, belongs to Laurentian University, which we have in Sudbury, Ontario, Laurentian University. Okay, go ahead. And they have a basketball team. No, no, no. No, thank you. (laughs) Was it it the the girls or the guys basketball team? It was both. Wow, co-ed. Yeah, it was a co-ed day. So, So basically we went and I was sitting there. And I'm just chilling and whatever. I'm like taking it all in. And I'm like a month in of being in Sudbury. Okay. And I look across from me and I see this big tall dude with glasses. And I'm like, that's Logan. I was going to say, that's, that's, that's probably Logan. Logan. So I get up. I, <laughs> I tell Glenn, I'm like, Glenn, I'll be right back. I got to go say hello to someone. Mm-hmm. So I walk to the other side of the gym and I go up to Logan and I say, hey, Logan. <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, uh, who are you? And That's an I'm awkward like, situation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, it's Michael Brovac. He goes, hold on. It's Michael Brovac. He goes, wait a minute. I recognize you. I remember you. Are Aww. you from Boston City? And I go, yeah. He goes, oh my God, man, you look so good. I didn't even recognize you. What's been up? Like, what are you doing up here? Like, all this stuff. Yeah. And so I updated him. I let him know how I became a trainer, a life coach. He's like, you know what, Mike? We're meeting for coffee next week. Let's let's dial it in. Here's my number. And, and, and let's meet. So I, I walked away. Um, I said my goodbyes. And then we just texted back and forth. And so two days later, we meet for coffee. And he just says to me flat out, he's like, Mike, I don't know what to say because I remember you being very, very sick. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last time I saw you, you couldn't even hold your head up. He's like, please tell me, like, what happened? So I gave him the spill of, yeah. you know, my story since and everything. Yes. And he just, he got emotional and he was like, man, you know, I, I look at you as some sort of, like, figure of light for this world. And he's like, I would be honored to have you a part of our team. And I just was like, I was just like, man, like I would be more than honored to be a part of this. And so from that day forward, he started bringing me out to practices. I got to know Dennis, the assistant coach. Um, I got to just be very involved with the team. And so I did my first season last year. So this is this year was Sudbury five team. 
Yeah, this is the Subri 5 team. Okay. So last year I did my first season and it went really, really well. Um, and then this year is my first like legit season where I am, you know, I have a, a very specific role. So my role with the team is I am player development. So okay. my responsibility and my job is I am responsible to help the guys develop leadership skills on and off the court and also build and promote their skill development within their own basketball environments and also outside of the gym. Okay. So I'm very hands-on with the players. And matter of fact, I actually live with them. Yeah. Um, and so my job is very based around being a good example and a good leader and also just someone to be there for these guys on a mental level, emotional level, and a physical level. So kind of like a life coach. That's that's, yeah, that's that, really like the theme of it. So it's very fitting. Yeah, that sounds that that sounds exactly what I'm sure a lot of these young men who are yeah. uh, the basketball players for Sudbury Five must look up to and must must need at times yeah. because I'm sure they're. They're not all from Sudbury, as many basketball no, players are, and they must be lonely for their families mm -hmm. and uh, and then doubt their own skills sometimes. So I yes. see, I can imagine when they talk with you and they might need uh, someone to say, hey, you can do this or I'm there for you. Yes. I'm sure that you're very well respected and, and loved amongst all these players i i am very honored actually yeah i have a really i i am very honored it's kind of surreal to be honest some days i wake <laughs> up and i'm doing my job and i'm just like i don't even think it's reality sometimes like <laughs> some of the stuff i deal with and, and and do on a daily day basis um it's just crazy and it's it's beautiful how it's now come so full circle where the dream that I just wanted to be able to play basketballs, play basketball for like literally two minutes without pain, I'm literally now in that environment 24-7, you know? So it's it's crazy, actually, to with, think about. With your immune system, uh, that it was so compromised from the day you were born, uh, yes. how, how is it now? Do you take... Vitamins, yeah, supplements, so, uh, did the bone... Yeah, that's a great question. Was the bone that's marrow, a, you know, such a success that you don't need any more medication? Yeah. What What changed your your physical health to this point now? Well, I'll put it to you this way, Joanne. So, to be honest with you, I still have a really hard time with my health when I'm not taking care of it. Okay. And And that's the thing that most people don't really understand because a lot of times what you think is when you get some sort of treatment or when you get some sort of surgery that, okay, I did it. Now it's going to be gone and I'm going to be free. I'm going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and the hard truth and the reality of it is no, you're not. Mm -hmm. um, if anything, you're going to struggle even more afterwards because you're going to have to get used to now dealing with the other implications that come with the recovery side to what you just went through. Okay. And and so for myself, the way I explain my immune system now is my immune system is great when I treat it great. Oh, but my okay. immune system is is trash when I don't treat it great. So I guess and you're not out there eating patin and and bogos. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If I'm if I'm up late or if I'm having McDonald's or if I'm you know just doing stupid stuff, um, then you know it 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 
I, I pay for it right away. Yeah. And it's it's been interesting because it's been in, uh, it's been a tough test for me because I've never worked this much in my life. Um, and because I've been working so much, because I not only work with the Subway Five, but I also work at the YMCA as a personal trainer. Oh, and then okay. I, yes, and then I also outside of here I do inspirational speaking and and you know podcasts like this. So I'm I'm very very busy. And so what's happening now is because I'm so busy, I'm always on the go. And because I'm always on the go, I have to eat. But when I'm out, I eat takeout. So it's not ideal, right? Right. Um, and then that, for me especially, is very hard because my body just doesn't do well when it comes to not homemade food. Okay. Um, and so the way I explain everything full circle... Yeah, well, McDonald's and other places, they do have salads and, and you yeah, know, some healthier choices, even options. Even then, it's, it's, it's very difficult because it's uh, a lot of their stuff is GMO. Okay. And a lot of their stuff is uh, has a lot of different chemicals and stuff that they put in it. Okay. That even though it's, it's a salad or something, mm-hmm. you, my body will still react to the truth of it of what it actually is. I see. Uh, so you have to be so, really, really yeah, careful. So it's very, it's very hard to balance. And so the way I explain everything full circle is nothing the thing that saved me and the reason why I'm alive. Mm-hmm. It's not because of a bone marrow transplant. It's not because of a medication I took. It's not because of chemotherapy. It's not because of some new cells or whatever. It's because of what I have chosen to do despite all of that and my decisions that i've chosen to do ever since i've changed has continued to accumulate which has then created a positive result but the moment i stop doing those decisions what happens my immune system can go back to the way it was and i can go back to being sick but Mm -hmm. i have to keep myself at a level where i don't allow that to happen so does that you, make sense? Yes, yes, it does. Uh, so do you self-talk to yourself every day? Yeah. Um, so... Like, what do you I, do for that to manifest yes. good health for yourself? That's a very great question. Um, I Something I do personally that really helps me is I am a huge fan of music, and I love just being in the gym like zoning out. Okay. So something <laughs> I'll great. do when I have time is one of my favorite things to do to detox my brain, my mind, everything is I'll go to the Y at night and I'll just put music in and I'll just put up shots in the gym. Okay. And that'll, that'll really free up my mental storage. Um, the other thing I do as well is just like what you were saying is I do do affirmations. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of essential oils. Um, I drink tons of water. I, I usually try and drink almost uh, four liters a day of water. Yeah. Um, I'm making sure that, you know, recently I'll, I'll be very vulnerable and honest. I've been terrible with my sleep. But okay. ideally, what I try to do is I try to be in bed by 1030. Um, so I get my full repair cycle. And then I'm also very aware of how much caffeine I intake. I try to avoid caffeine as a whole. Um and I also have a lot of um, macronutrients and a lot of very um, heavy uh, nutrient-efficient foods. 
Okay. When you say macronutrients, that yeah. is new for me. I, I understand, okay, going to the gym, I, I like to work out too. I have my own little gym in my house mm-hmm. and uh, music, my husband and I and our daughter, we've written quite a few original songs. They're streaming oh, on nice. Spotify and iHeartRadio and all of that. Uh, we distribute them through DistroKid, so I'll shout out to DistroKid. Oh, yeah. So um, anyway, and then uh, and then the positive affirmations. I use YouTube and and I play those uh, different uh, videos in the morning. And Amazing. in the morning, my husband and I say, you know, the same thing. We I learned that from Gloria Vanderbilt, and uh, one of the things she said uh, was, uh, you know, just today's going to be a wonderful day, and and just kind of put it out there that it's going to be a wonderful day. And and so I understand all of that. But what you just said was macronutrients, which yeah. I don't know anything about. Okay. <laughs> so, so maybe you can explain that for me. Yes. What I meant by so I don't even get don't even get so hooked on macronutrients. Necessarily look at it as the word nutrient. Okay. okay? So when you think of nutrient, nutrient is something that is efficient for your body so something that when you eat it or when you drink it the energy exchange and what it's going to take to process that in your digestion Mm -hmm. is at a positive meaning if you eat let's say um, a homemade salad and then you eat that and your body digests it your body um, the energy it's going to take to digest the food you just ate is going to be multiplied by the um, energy you gain from the nutrients that's in the food you di- you just digested. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. So, and then the opposite side of it, and this is where it's hard, is if you're eating, let's say, McDonald's. When you eat McDonald's, you're you you have no nutrient in the food. So then your 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 food is nutrient deficient. So then the energy that it takes to break down that food in your, your digestion is a lot of energy and then on top of that you're not getting any exchange outside of that for the food you just ate so then you're left with nothing and then that's how a lot of people deal with um blood sugar highs and lows that's what how a lot of people deal with um you know different eating disorders and such like that because you you build this mechanism where your body is needing some sort of nutrients but you're not giving it any so your body's always depleting energy instead of exchanging energy Okay, so it really comes down to what you put inside and and to help your immune system stay strong. There's a quote that my other mentor, Paul Check, who I'm certified through, um, he's based out of California. He's a very high-level kinesiologist. He says, you are what you eat, you are what you drink, and you are the way you live. So so it's a very... It's a very interesting thing because if you think about it, everything we put into our bodies or everything we put into our lifestyle, we become. We're, we're products of our environment no matter what we want to think. Um, and so the more that we can control what's in our environment, the more we can control the output that our body creates. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've learned a lot in your, in your you. life so far. <laughs> My gosh. Thank you, Joy. And you've worked hard, uh, and that's the key, is working hard at improving yourself, at changing your life, and uh, I applaud you for that. My goodness. Thank you, Joanne. That means a lot. 
And so how can people reach you? And, and uh, I notice on your Facebook, uh, it says CEO and then Cam yeah, O, yeah. C-A-M hyphen O. Yes. So, so I'll touch on that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I, this is my, so this is kind of like my baby per se. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, or this is like my, this is my thing that I am building that when I'm no longer here, a piece of me and a piece of my brother is still going to be here to serve those kids and those people that need it the most. Okay. Um, and so what I do outside of my jobs with the five, the why and, and speaking and all that is I have a brand called camo. And the reason why it's called camo is because my little brother's name was Cameron. And so, yeah. And so when he was young, he wanted to be in the military um, and so he always loved camouflage. He always loved Nerf guns. <laughs> and so something that I created to honor him is I created a brand called Camo, where our purpose and what we do is we help kids within hospitals who suffer from a lack of connection, lack of blind crane depression. And so we provide courses, coaching, training, and speaking to help these kids. Yeah. And so my everlasting mission until I die is going to be to provide everything that my brother never had and Mm -hmm. everything that I got to Mm -hmm. live the life I'm living now and deliver it through my brand camo for other teens and other kids and other people who are in and out of hospitals or who have been isolated or who feel disconnected and not belonged and depressed. They can use those tools now to utilize what I've utilized to become the man I am today. And what would your and what would your website be, and how would people yeah, contact so, you? So my website is www.camocam-o.ca. Okay. Um, and then my Instagram is just my name, Michael Brovac. My Facebook is Michael Brovac. Um, and even if you just Google my name, Michael Brovac, all of my my website, my social medias, articles, podcasts. Um, my YouTube videos, everything will pop up. And so you are on YouTube? Do you, uh, what, I am. What do you uh, provide on YouTube? What would your videos consist of? Yeah, so I do a lot of inspirational videos. Okay. So a, lot of, a lot of like short videos talking about goals and talking about purpose and talking about reason. Um, I also am currently rebranding, which is why I'm kind of like shifting my my whole pitch, I guess you could say, um, where I'm actually building a Michael Broback brand. So I've actually, this is pretty new, but I've, I've recently gone out of my way to look into getting my own Michael Broback domain. Okay. Um, because I want to have Michael Broback and Camo separated. Because oh. a lot of people get the two confused because when you look at my name and you Google me, Camo pops up. Okay. Um, and so what I'm creating right now is I'm creating a, a, a separate system where Michael Brovac will have its own thing and Camo will have its own thing as well. I think that's a smart idea for sure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. You are an amazing amazing person and i'm honored to have met you online <laughs> and <laughs> i'd like to meet you in person i've never been to a yeah. Sudbury five game before i'd like to go no. i was just talking to my daughter chanel about that and uh amazing. 
and uh, yeah, so someday maybe we'll we'll go and we'll and look for you know, for sure. I can get you guys tickets. Okay, for sure. Know. I'll reach okay. out. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, good for you, and and um, wow, I'm just truly inspired, and I I hope that some of my audience members reaches out to you um, for maybe their that. organization that would like you to to come in to talk to their staff I or or organization and uh, inspire but the, be, the 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 most important for me that you are have addressed is is being that um that kind of in between person organization that is going to be there for children in hospitals so yes. do the hospitals let you come in like do you ah, walk that's in? a whole other topic that's the this is this is the the unfortunate truth if I'm gonna be very, very, very honest right now, okay. is um, so what I provide. Not so there. There's a lot of things in place because if we're being very honest here, let's just knock the elephant out of the room. The medical system is a system. It's a system for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're in the system, you're basically just a product. And so you're distributed to other hospitals, blah, 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 the treatments, la, 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 whatever, okay? okay? And so there is certain organizations or hospitals that want people out of their hospitals okay. and want people in their hospitals. Right. And so for myself, I'm someone who desires to get people out. And okay. so <laughs> I'll be very honest with you. It's very hard to get into places where you're basically going against what they need does that make sense yeah because um, they'll feel so, they have social so, workers to help children kind of things so yes and so it's been very difficult to get in there and hence why i've gone out of my way to go down all these other avenues of being a life coach and uh, a trainer with the five and and you know a trainer at the y and because what that does is that gets me in the public eye Okay. So my goal right now is I've accepted over the last two years or so because I've I've been I've unfortunately had a lot of walls put up in front of me mm-hmm. and a lot of realizations that have been hard to accept, but I've just moved on from it. And so what I'm doing now is the more that I can develop myself as a man of inspiration and integrity and also um, a leader within the community. Therefore, these people can come find me. Exactly. Which is why, which is why I'm working so hard to get involved with all these different podcasts and yeah. videos and websites, and because that gives me exposure. That's and right. The way I believe that I'm going to succeed the most right now, um, when it comes to delivering the mission that I want to deliver. Yeah. Because there is ways I can do it, but I I probably won't be able to do it the way I want to do it. That's, um, in the yeah. way I believe is right. Yeah. Um, and the way I believe I know I, I have to go is I have to build my own lane. And that's what I'm doing. Good for you. And I yeah, Thank instead you. of going in through the back door, you want to be welcomed through the front door. Yes. With, uh, like, this is a person that, you know, uh, that could come in to talk to exactly. younger teens and kids in hospitals. And so... Well, I'll even put it this way, Joanne. Think about it. I've been this way now for three years. Or sorry, 
two years. Okay, right? two years. And every yeah, and every person who has ever taken care of me and who has been in the hospital system knows the level of what I'm at right now mm-hmm. and knows what I do. Yeah. Why haven't I been in there? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just the mic drop moment right there. That's that's to answer your question. If if it's so important and it's so easy to be able to help these kids and be what I want to be for them in the hospital, why aren't I there yet? Kind of makes you wonder. It really it does. does. And it's and it's. I'm not gonna because I'm very careful of what I talk about when it comes to this stuff on podcasts and such. Mm-hmm. But. I do already have my answers. Like, I know why. Yeah. Um, and it's really crappy to think about. Yeah. But it's also realistic. Like, it makes sense. Like, I understand why it doesn't work. Um, and a lot of it, honestly, just has to do with priorities, too. People are just busy and people forget and people don't follow through. And, and that's the sad thing about, you know, networking and connection building and, and even someone that you may think who has known you literally for 20 years yes. um, and has known your brother for all of his life would go out of their way to try and get you included and blah, blah, blah. But sadly, a lot of the times um, that's not the case. Yeah. And it's just the re- it's the hard reality of it. I mean, a lot of work is being done for mental health. Uh, yes. And they're starting to really look at mental health of, of young children and teens but which we they still, have, yeah. Which, yeah. I, I mean, there was none of that when I was in in the hospital for and right. in the system for six months. As far as, uh, yep. you know, yep. no one came to me to say, "Hey, how are you doing? Are you lonely? Do you miss your parents? You're, exactly. I have five brothers, uh, things like that." And so yep. there was none of that. So, uh, and I still feel the system really needs to address what you talked about today yes so but uh we still have a ways to go yet but oh yeah and how... i'm not gonna stop and that'll be that like i said that's that's what i'm leaving <laughs> my my mission i have a long life and i'm only beginning i'm only starting and the more bigger i get it's going to be very hard to avoid the truth and the wisdoms and the experience that i share to everyone who listens there you and go you know that that's 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 the way I look at it, and I'm gonna end up doing what I believe is best for you know what I felt my brother needed the most and what I needed the most to get to where I am, and we'll see what happens. That's it. I'm sure your brother is so proud of you. Thank uh, you. That means any yeah. Uh, any last words, Michael? Um. No, I, I just want to say thank you to you, and I want to appreciate you for allowing me to come on your your platform and giving me the spotlight and, and taking the time to get to know me and listen to me and, and all the wonderful comments you gave back to me, and, and uh, I'm just very, very appreciative for it. And so um, thank you. Thank well, you very much for having me. My my heartfelt gratitude goes to you as well, okay. Michael. I, well, I appreciate that. really appreciate that you uh, are my guest today uh, on my podcast. I hope this inspires uh, anyone that might need it, need to hear that this, your talk today yeah. uh, and, and have them feel like not to give up, not to give in to, let's say their sickness of whatever yes. they're going through 100%. and, and it, 
to make the choice to try their best to uh, change maybe attitude or reach out to find a mentor that they might need or lot that yes. they don't have in their life yes. and and uh, to hear your story is so inspiring and thank uh, you I just thank you so much for being my guest today of course anytime <laughs> I really appreciate anytime. it and uh, you take good care and God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you too. Okay. We'll talk to you okay, sometime Joy. soon. I hope I, may, I get to meet you face to face sometime. 100%. Let me know about the Sudbury Fox though. Okay. Got you. <laughs> All, right. All right. You take okay. care, Michael. Okay. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Okay.